Well, good morning. We're so glad you've joined us today in this uh, new month and as we kick off a new series here at Faith Assembly and uh, grateful that you're here today. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 is where we're going to be looking in uh, just uh, a moment as we uh, uh, look together today in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. It's uh, always a delight for Jody and I when we have the privilege of of uh, inviting and having friends over to our home and, and uh, to either spend an evening or a meal or some time together. And I don't know if you can relate to this. You make plans, you give the invitation, and folks that come will usually ask this question, what can I bring? If you're the host, and usually as you're putting together the plans for this event, the usual response that we, we will give is when they say, what can I bring? We say to them, nothing. Just bring yourself. We just want you to come. You don't have to bring anything just come. And so there have been many times, and I'm sure you can relate, that, that there are folks that, that as they come, and then there are those individuals that as they arrive, they do not listen to what we told them. We said you don't need to bring anything, and they come with something. And they come because there's a, it represents an attitude that they have towards uh, what, what they're, they're bringing and what they're doing. And I know you know these kind of people. You are some of those people that when, when you're invited and you come, and, and I, I, I hear some of these responses that when we'll entertain folks or we'll have folks over, friends or whatever, you don't need to bring anything. And they'll say some of these responses to things that they bring. Uh, one of them, I remember one time, he said, you don't have to bring anything. And they show up with something. And I said, we told you not to bring anything. And their response was, my grandmother would have a fit if she knew I came and did not bring anything. There's this sense of honor because of how we've been, been taught, how we've been raised. There's, there's an honor that, that, that I couldn't come without bringing something. And someone else that we say, you, we told you you didn't have to, have to bring anything. And their response has sometimes been, oh, it's not much. It's not anything, which to them represents an attitude that what I'm bringing is not anything because the joy of spending time and being here, what I'm giving is not as much as what I'm looking forward to. It's not that much. Some others that will come and will say, you don't need to, you don't need to bring anything. It's, it's, it's no, no, uh, no need for you to bring anything. And they'll respond to us and say, well, we just had to. We just, we just had to. We wanted to. We didn't want to come without bringing anything, representing a desire in their heart. Someone else, when we say, you don't need to bring anything, and they show up, and their response is this, well, we just wanted to share our favorite dish. This is our favorite dish, or this is our favorite dessert. You know what I'm talking about. They're those folks, and there's this attitude. We want to share our favorite. We want to share our best. We want to share with you. And some as well, when we say, you don't need to bring anything, and their response is, we just love you so much. We wanted to bring It represents an attitude that when someone comes and they cannot help but give. Even when they've been told, hey, you don't have to bring anything. What I want to ask today as we look at this new series is I want to explore this question. What kind of attitude do we have when it comes to giving to God? What kind of attitude do we have when it comes to bringing before God in in his house and coming before him in worship? What kind of attitude do we carry? What is it that we can can bring before us? And over the next four weeks, we're going to explore the attitudes and actions that are connected to offering up. During this this series, uh, our goal is to be challenged to offering up to reach a new level or a greater level of stewardship, to offering up, to reach another level of stewardship, of, of managing. That word stewardship, it's a biblical term that, that, you can, that we can read of, but it literally just means to manage, that you manage resources. God has given us resources, and we need to ask ourselves the question of how are we managing the resources that God has put in our lives? Obviously, we're going to focus on the the fact of finances because that is such a crucial part. It's our finances, but not just our finances. We know it's connected to to our time. The way we steward our time, the way we manage our time, the way we handle our, our influence, the way that we handle relationships. We, some of us are put in places of authority and influence. How do we handle the influence that we have? Are we being good stewards of what God has given us? And I know too often times we can come with this thought of, I don't have much to offer. And that might be true compared to someone else. But in reality, compared to a lot of people around the world, 
a lot of things that we have, we are wealthy people. If you're on the lowest scale and you say you're the poorest person, I want you to know we realize in our culture and in where we are that there are counties that, that, that have a stigma or have, a, uh, have an identity of being the poorest. But I want you to know the poorest county is still richer than the majority of the world. The poorest county is still has more in the resources. It's not a matter of needing more before it's first a matter of handling well what God has put within our resources. What God has put within our hands, what God has put in our influence, in our surrounding. Our desire is this, that we would manage well. Because whether you realize it or not, all of us are in management. We're all in management. You're, you're not an owner, but you're a manager. Every single one of us have, a, have an office of management that we're resourcing and the things that come into our hands and how you manage and steward the things of, that God has put in our hands is something that is so important. You know that it gets real serious when someone says these words, I need to see a manager. When someone shows up on the spot and they say, I need to see a manager, it usually means something needs to change. But if you see the sign that says under new management, how many know that means something is changing? And I want to challenge us this morning as we kick off this new series, Offering Up, is I want to share this message today as we kick this off, this title, Under New Management. That I want, to, I want us to evaluate and look, maybe there's some practices and some things in our lives that we could really bring under, under management. That we could, we could look and operate in a way that would be more pleasing, more, 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 more resourceful to what it is that God has given us. How are you managing or stewarding the resources that God has put in your hands. And during this month of Thanksgiving, this is our desire to offering up, to come to a greater level of stewardship. When we say offering up, it's not, it, it is about giving more to God, yes, but before it's giving more to God, it's honoring God with what we already have and being good stewards and being good users of what God has put in our control. If you have your Bibles in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 is where I want to take a look today. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, I want to look at verse 1, and if you would stand with me, whether you're following along on version or uh, on the screen as well, it'll be found there. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, I want to read these first five verses, and, and uh, I'm going to uh, read, uh, I usually read from the New Living Translation, and uh, I enjoy the New Living Translation, but I like how the uh, uh, King James, how it mentions here that it says that uh, um, we need to cast our bread upon the waters. We're going to look at that and explain what that is this morning. Here's what it says in, in uh, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for you do not know the risks that might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. And I feel like I need to add to that. King, of, or King Solomon was not in a, in, the, in, in a proper mindset as he's writing all of this. He's writing wisdom, but he was not always in the right, right perspective. And I think even to add to this, not only the activity of God who does all things, but I would say the God who does all things well. The God who does all things well. I believe an anthem of a person who has stewardship the anthem or the song of a good steward is this, it is well. It is well. Because when a steward is handling the resources and managing well, 
he knows, he or she knows that they are managing under the one who is the owner. And what they're managing is always going to come through because the owner knows how to take care of his business and take care of what belongs to him. When they're in a place of stewardship, they know that they're able to say, it is well. And so before you sit down today, we're going to pray. I want to encourage you and just make sure that we're in the right attitude to hear this word. If you're here right now and you say, that's it, this church, it's all about money, it's all about money. You don't hear what the, what the truth of the matter is. It's not just about money. It's about the resources and how we handle what controls us. And so let us have this attitude to say to God, God, we know that you do all things well and we want to come under your ownership and allow you to make us good managers. Amen? How many believe that this morning, that we would manage well what God has put in our, in our resources? Father, bless this word. We thank you for the truth that is in it. Now, God, I pray that you would open our eyes, that we would not see from our perspective. Help us to not just see from where we've been, but God, that we would even see what we've never seen before. And Lord, that we would be challenged, that we would be changed. And God, that you would use us Lord, to not only receive blessing, but God, that blessing would pour out. I pray, Father, that there would be no poor among us. That, God, there would be great blessing that would go forth. That, Lord, we would be good stewards of our resources. That, Father, we'll not wait for another organization. We'll not look for outside sources. But, Father, we know that because of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you give us all that we need. And, Lord, as we honor you, as we come to you, as we trust in you, you will meet all of our needs according to your promises. So God, help us to hear this word today, and God, help us to apply it to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Cast your bread upon the waters, because in many days it will come back to you. It's been said that the definition of stupidity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. To keep doing the same thing we've been doing with the hope that something will change eventually. But the reality of change will only occur whenever we're willing to do something different than what we've done before. That there's a process of managing, that I can't continue to do what I've done before. If I'm looking to break through something, I can't keep having the same attitude that I've had towards that in the same process. If I am going to change, I've got to change the way I think. How many know that just because I change the things I do, it will not truly affect until I change the way that I think? That the change that needs to take place, the practices that need to be set in motion, doing something different. I want to challenge us this morning that maybe to come under new management. Here's an approach of something new and and with our resources. Here's what the, the king, the wisest man in the world... He says these words, cast your bread upon the waters because at the right time or many days, it will find its way back to you. Now, try that for something different. Just go and take all your money to the ocean and just throw it out in the water. That's not what he's saying. He's giving us a picture here and I want you to see the the picture that it is when he says cast your grain or cast your bread upon the water he's using a picture and a practice that is business related it's a picture of trade there's two types of 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 the bread being cast upon the water or the seed some would say that in in certain ravines and areas where the tide would come and go that you would cast grain in those areas with the hope that it would settle in, get into the, into the mud, and over time it would grow. That even as the water goes out and recedes, that there would be growth and you would receive. And you don't know exactly where it's going. This is the kind of the picture of, of some rice fields, that the, the way they would flood it. And they just cast those seeds into those areas and they, they flood those areas and those things take root. That's a picture that we have, but, but I believe the picture this morning that I really want to look at is this idea of trade, that you would cast your bread upon the waters, put them in a ship, and you would send them across. And the idea is this, and you know the basic of trade, that you would send your grain, the resources that are in your possession, you would send them across the seas, not knowing 
if they'll exactly make it because the waters can be rough. It can set off course, especially in the time of which they would have been in. And as they set those things across the sea, there was in time an expectation that something would come in return. They would give resources that they had from their land and send it across with a desire or expectation that something would come from another land and come back to them. Now, in this day, they had no idea how long that would be. There was no communication to say, hey, it's going to arrive at this time, and we're going to make the deal at this time, and it's going to be sent back. We have a little more predictability in the way we do business today. We know that we can set up time and schedule, and to the best of our ability, that most things that we're able to predict, but there are still some things out of our control. But in this time, everything is out of, our, out of their control. You cast your, your, your grain upon the seas and you said those things out with a desire that there would be a trade. That you might send grain from your land. You have an abundance of grain. You have resources of grain. And when you send grain out, the hope is that you're going to get something of more value, of, of greater necessity in return. You might send out grain, but the next ship that comes in might be spices. You might send out grain, what you have. The picture is this, sending out what is from your land to receive what is from another land. There's a business that we are involved in in our life of management and the way that we handle our resources is as a way of saying to God that we are giving what is from our land and believing and knowing that you will give in return what is not of this land. There are blessings that are not of this world that God is able to provide and to bring back in. Now, before you think this is a earnings or a purchase system, this isn't a purchase system. This isn't where I give to God so God can give back to me. That's a purchase system. It's not that idea. Because what do you, how in the world can you get something from God when here's the truth? Number one, we don't deserve anything that God has. And number two, he doesn't need anything we have. There, we're not in a purchase system. You can't be in a purchase system from God. And so we can't have a mentality that says, God, I'm going to give to you so that you can give to me. I'm going to spend a week of fasting so that you can give me. It's not a purchase system. We don't give to God to get from God because, number one, we don't deserve what he has. And number two, he doesn't want what we've got. He doesn't need or he doesn't need the resources that we have. The only thing that he wants is us, a relationship with you and I. God doesn't need your money. And if you're sitting here today and saying, well, good, I'm not going to give it to him. God wants what's connected to your money. What's connected to your money is your heart because the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. What you put your resources towards is what you say means the most and is of value to us. And this system is not a system of giving to get from God. It's not a purchasing system, but instead it's an honor system. It's an honoring system. It's when we are honoring God. You see, when you honor someone, have you ever been around that person who seems to have everything And it might be their birthday, and you're thinking, what in the world do I get that person? How many know what I'm talking about? Maybe, because in your mind, it's like, how do you get someone something that really they don't need anything? How many know what I'm talking about? That there's that truth that you might not need what it is, that that someone might not need something that you have, but you're like the people who wouldn't show up empty-handed to the house. You're going to bring something. You're giving to God out of honor. We give to God out of honor because he already has all that he needs. And what he wants is us. And he's called us to be good stewards of the things that God has put into our possession and into our resources. That as we cast our bread, our grain upon the water, the the goal and the prayer is that things will come back in return, greater value, that his blessing, that when we honor, it is making room. When when it comes to management and stewardship in our lives, we have the opportunity to to go into business with another country or another kingdom. And if we handle our resources with wisdom and honor before God, we can give 
uh, we can give of this world and receive what is not of this world. That we can give what we have in this world and receive from God a blessing. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 18, 16. It says, a man's offering or a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Your offering makes room for you. Here's what that offering is. The offering is a gift of honor before God. That when we give to God, we are honoring God with what we have. And when we honor God with what we have, it makes room for God to work in our, in our situation and in the place that we're in. When we give, we're making room for God. We're giving to Him. What, of course, we've already said, what do you give to someone who has everything? And we honor Him. We honor Him with our resources. And so, what, what are you doing today? How are you honoring God with the resources that He's given you? How are you honoring God with the resources? And you might say today, I don't have much to give. It's not about the amount. It's about the willingness to honor and to put God first. To seek Him first. How are we doing with honoring God with our resources? And maybe we have to ask this question, what does God ask of us? What is it that God asks of us? And here's what the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3. And this might be a familiar scripture to you. But it uses a word in here that is, that is a, a Hebrew word. And here's what it says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Come on, somebody's got to think right now, that just sounds way too good to be true. How many would agree with that? That God would pour out a blessing until there is no more need. He says that we are to bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that he'll open the heavens and he'll pour out a blessing and that there will be no need. Now listen, there's a difference between what I need and what I want. And all the parents know the truth. Because you know that it's inside of you, but when you're a parent and you're trying to help a young person realize and learn this is what you want, but it's not what you need. And just because you want it in the moment doesn't make it necessity that we have to get it right now. We realize that, but then came along credit cards. Because now this creates an opportunity that I don't have to defer my desire. I can get it now. I can practice and give in to this desire and this immediate pleasure. And here, of course, he's telling us that if we will open, if we'll give in honor to God, that he'll provide and meet all of our needs, maybe not all of our wants, but I'm telling you what, what I've come to realize is the more wants that get met, the more needs you have. Because the more wants that get met, the more money you need to keep it going. The more time it takes to now work. It is an unfortunate thing to me to watch a practice of having many things but needing to work so much to pay for the many things that you never have time to enjoy the many things that you're working for. That the pressure of what it is to now keep going and keep this, this up and keep this in, in play. I want to talk about the tithe in this Hebrew word that literally means 10%. It just, it literally means a portion of 10%. That when we bring the tithe before, uh, unto God, that we're to bring 10%. That maybe for some of us, offering up is going from a place of tipping God to actually tithing to God. That there's a starting point of us giving to God, of giving a 10%. And notice this, that it's not just any 10%. It's the first 10%. It is not just a, a portion, but it represents the process. The Bible says that the tithe is holy, that it belongs to God. What is something that is holy? It means that it's set apart. 
And it's, when it's set apart, here is the proper tithe. The proper tithe is of the portion that is at least 10%, and it is of the process that is the first of everything. It's the first, because when you put God first, blessing flows over the best. It's when we give to God first. This was something that I had to practice because I was in a, in a place and, and realizing tithing, learned it from the time I was young, but there was a shift that I had to make because I found myself just budgeting God into what I was doing, but I needed to remind myself, I'm not just budgeting God in to pay my bill and tithe as if it's a bill. I'm giving to God the first of each week. So when that paycheck comes, when it reaches the place, it becomes the first that we have, and we're giving God not just a portion, but we're giving God the process, and it's giving God 10%, and it's giving him the first of what we have. Does anybody agree with that this morning? I know that this is not a favorite topic. If this is your favorite topic to hear, it is not my favorite topic to preach. But you know, Jesus spoke about money so much. He spoke about money so much, here's why. Because if you don't know how to get control of money, money will get control of you. And if you don't have it in the right place, you'll use money to control others. You'll be at a place of manipulating. You'll be at a place of having control, but not honoring God with what you have. And it becomes a lordship issue. Instead of letting him become Lord, we use the resources and it makes us Lord. It makes us in places of decision. It makes us in places of empowerment. But honoring God with the first of what we have. I want to mention this as well, that when we give, And we give our 10% to God. If you're really going to give to God, it means then that you don't determine where that 10% goes. You cast it upon the waters. Tithing to God does not mean, well, I really believe in this happening, so I'm going to give 10% to what I think ought to happen. I want you to think about that. God, I'm going to give you 10%, but I'm going to tell you where it should be used. Think about that for a moment. Lord, I'm going to cast this upon the waters, and I'm going to give. I I had uh, one time uh, someone came to me and said, um, Pastor, would it be all right if I gave my tithes to you instead of putting it in the offering? (laughs) No. That's not all right. And, and their loving, kind response was, well, I just wanted to bless your family, and I want to be, be a, a blessing to you. Not that way. Why? Because it's not for us to determine. We bring to the storehouse, and there is a way of honoring and what we, what we become good stewards of. I want you to know here at this church, we are stewarding the resources that God is giving us here at Faith Assembly. We tithe weekly here at Faith Assembly. When you tithe and bring to the storehouse, we as a church tithe. And I want you to know, we started doing this just a few years ago. This is new to us. But as we started tithing, yeah, can I tell you the truth? It made things tighter. It made things, oh, the things that, 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 were, that were in different numbers. But here's what we said. If we believe this is what God wants us to do, we're not going to tithe because of how it looks and how it feels. We're called to practice this, and so we're going to honor God. And God shall supply all of our needs. And I want you to know he does. He provides at every point. He gives at every place. He provides. We might not be at a place where we're able to say we have an exorbitant amount of money because I don't believe God called the church to be a place that we're able to store up a whole bunch of money. He called us to do something with the resources that when we have, let it go out. When someone has need, we give. We're looking to see how we can give more to missionaries, how we can help resources. We were a part of a, of a rescue home right here in Uniontown. And as a church, we were able to give $6,000, not because we took up a special offering, but because people tithe and they're faithful to God. And so we sent $6,000 as a church to help open up a rescue home right here in Uniontown. There's no plaque saying that. No one gets, us, gets any, any regard or anything of it except this, that God put it on our heart. We're here to reach, and because we are faithful to what God has to give and what God has called us to do, we honor God with the resources. This is what we're called to do. And to have this desire 
to join God in what he's doing, to give to God. I think one of the things in the church that we have to be careful of is that we can get to a place where even tithing becomes more about what we want to get from God and not just about what he deserves from us. Do you know one of the hardest things to give up is control? How many have a hard time giving up control? Some of you are sitting by your spouse, you don't want to admit it. Maybe not in every area. But we're really good at having our opinions. And there are times I let my opinions become so strong that the Holy Spirit has to remind me and challenge me to say, okay, so your opinions are so strong, and if you've got that many opinions and you're not allowing my truth to prevail, then it looks like you're more content with being God over your life than letting me be God over your life. You're more content in having opinions of how it ought to be, what it ought to do, how it ought to work, what ought to happen. But being able to cast my bread upon the water. Do you know how unnerving it is to cast bread upon the water? I mean, besides the fact that it gets soggy. And who likes soggy bread? But when you cast your grain upon the water, you can't even tell where it's going. Think about it. You can't cast your bread on the water and say, well, I want to report for every penny of that, where that all went. You better show and better give, but... You, you, I can't say to God, God, I need you to account for everything. And how, no, God, I'm casting my bread upon the water, and I'm doing this as a steward to manage well. But once I give, have you ever had that person that you know they need something? And you always have that first check that they might be standing on the side of the road needing something, and your thought is, well, if I give them money, they'll just use that money to go do something wrong or something bad. I use wisdom, but then there are some times where I give, and I literally have to just say, God, it's not my job to determine where it goes. I just didn't need to be in that moment obedient to do what you told me to do. I can't follow up to see where that's going to go, how that's going to work. I'm just called in those moments to be faithful, to honor God, to give, to trust God with the resources. I want to give you a couple things here this morning and maybe for coming under management, new management, new process, a new way of looking at your resources. Giving God the tithe. Let me, let me give you just these four things. Here's number one. Maybe some, some things that maybe you would look at and say, I need to put some new management things in place with the resources that I have. Here's number one, give on time. Give on time. What do I mean by that? Give God your first. Don't wait for the moment you think it's appropriate to give to God. Give because it's what He desires and you know it's going to be in your best interest. That I give on time. And how many recognize this? He says that cast your bread upon the water and in many days it will come back to you. I don't know how many days. I don't know when it will be. But here's what I know. When I honor God on time with my offerings, he will meet my needs on time. That when I give on time, he'll meet the needs on time. That he will provide. That this is what he does. That when we give him our first. I want to encourage you today. Maybe we already received the offering. And I, I'm, I'm just going to ask you today, this morning, are you tithing or are you tipping? And you might say, my Jason, what is this about money? No, this is the most uneasy thing for me to talk about. But I feel responsible, according to Scripture, to challenge us in what it means to be good stewards. And you might say, oh, well, why worry about someone else's money and just pray that God would send the resources? Oh, we will. I'm still praying for a blessing from the Lord to pay off a debt that five years ago was $1. million and now today is under $480,000 five years later. 
that we prayed for a million. We don't need a million anymore to pay it off because it's gone further and further, but we're still praying for the miracle. I'm still praying. I'm still praying on a regular basis. God, open up the heavens and send the resources. Get that debt paid off because I believe he's a God of the supernatural, but he's not only a God of the supernatural when he's first the God who works in the natural of what we have and when we honor God with what we have, that we set the course for God to bless and we give God room and space so that he can pour out a blessing. Give on time. We've already received the offering. You say, today, I want to, I want to encourage you today. Maybe, I've just got to say this. You might need to go home today and say, you know what? I need to start this week off right. And I'm going to go online and I'm going to give to God. Because I'm going to make, on time, I'm going to, I'm going to operate and do what would please and what would bring honor, honor to God. Here's number two. Give above and beyond. Listen, I truly believe this, that tithing is the starting point, is at least the starting point. Because when God pours out more blessing, how many know that when you honor God with what you have, God has a way of blessing? How many know what I'm talking about? And if God has blessed, then should that not also cause an increase to what we are giving and what we're honoring God with? To give above and beyond. Listen, I like how it says here. It says in the, the, uh, uh, the King James Version, he says, give a portion to seven. Now, I love, I'm one who really looks to see meaning and detail, and I believe there's a specific thing here. He says, give a portion to seven. That number seven means completion. And if you look at the law, do what the law says to do. Well, the law in the Old Testament was 10%. He says, at least do that. Give to seven. And then he says, and eight. I believe what we're hearing is that do this. Jesus said to some Pharisees, he said, you guys tithe all your, all your seed and all your grain and all your harvest. You tithe, but you don't honor God with righteousness. He says to them, he doesn't come and say, you shouldn't tithe, you should just be righteous. He says, you should also not just tithe, but you should live in righteousness. It's not just this. Don't just stop at tithing. Just don't stop at doing what the law says. Don't just stop at that place. Do even more. Go above that and allow. In our lives, for us, in our home, it comes with offerings or as we give in, uh, in tithing to God, but it's also in missions that we have set a, a, an amount each month that we give to missions, and that amount has been rising since we started giving to missions. Why? Because in our heart, we want to make room to give more to God, that we want God to have the priority and for God to get more, and so he opens up doors of blessing and not just stopping. I want to challenge you today that maybe you need to come to 10%, but you don't need to stop at 10%. To honor God. Do what God has put in your heart. But I want you to hear this today. Not from my perspective, but from the word of God. 10% is the starting point. Does anybody agree with that this morning? Do you know how uneasy it is to preach this message right now? (laughs) It'd be so much easier to preach on just trusting God and allowing God... But how can we preach on trusting God if we don't put into practice what we need to trust God with? I can't trust God if I don't put into practice that which God has put in me to trust him with. It's proven is how I give in what God has put into my resources. We need to give on time, give above and beyond. And I'm gonna, I want to challenge you. I can say this from Scripture. The Bible says the only place, this is the only place God says to test me. Test me. God says, do this. Test me. Don't test me in anything else. But you can test me in this. Bring your 10%. Bring your 10% before God. And can I kindly say as well, if you're here today and you say, Jason, I do that. I give my 10% to a TV ministry. Um, be sure to call them when you need someone to come and meet you in your time of need. But don't get me wrong. This is the house that we're a part of. And if this is the house that we're a part of, how many know we all need to be a part of this house? I'm not saying there's anything wrong. We support ministries. My, my family and I support ministries outside of this church. But the tithe belongs here at Faith Assembly. 
This is where we give our first fruits, our first offerings. This is where we give. And when I give elsewhere, it's an offering that is above and beyond. It's more than. It's above what we're doing. We need to give. Let me give you number three. We need to give willingly. Notice the scripture says here that when the clouds, when the clouds are heavy, the rains come down. When the clouds are heavy, the rains come down. What is he saying? He's saying the natural response is when the clouds are full, they release. And because they're full, they naturally bring rain onto the ground. That they willingly open up. That in our lives, that when we are full, when God has given us what he's blessed us with, that we're to open up, that we're to allow that to willingly or naturally go forth. To give to God willingly. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives willingly or cheerfully. It is a cheerful, a willing response. We are willingly giving to God. I want you to know as I've been preparing over the last number of weeks for this series, and by the way, the Lord put this in our heart back in May. Jody and I visited a place, and while we were there, I was praying, and I just felt the Lord say in May that we need to address this in November. So this, wasn't, this isn't reactionary. This isn't, oh, I wonder what's going on. No, the Holy Spirit put this in our heart some time ago and to share this. And as he's been putting that in my heart, i got to tell you, he's now challenging me to give a gift that I've never given before. Can I tell you what goes on in my mind? God, I've never given that high before. God, I've got three teenagers in my home. I've got things that are taking place. God, I, you know what? I'm, 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 I had to get through that. I'll tell you what. I've been saying to God, and now this morning, I couldn't wait to give a gift to God because I want to give like I've never given before because I want and believe that God you're going to provide that you're the provision that my trust and my hope is in you this economy doesn't have the best promises but I know your economy is good I know that your ways are good I know that you are in control of all things and you will work all things together for good he says give give willingly or cheerfully and God will and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Even if the stock market goes down. Even if the gas and oil leaves the place. Even if jobs don't seem to be as readily available. There's a God that we know that as we trust Him, as we honor Him, he will meet us where we are. Words can say how you feel, but giving says what you mean. You can use words to say how you feel to God, but it's what you give to God that says what you really mean. You can use words to say how much you love God, but it's when you give to God that says what, you really, what He really means to you. Let me give you this last one, and we, we give, give on time, give above and beyond, give willingly, not reluctantly, but, but allowing that to become a natural part of our lives on a, whatever basis that is for you, monthly, weekly, whatever your first fruit is, to allow that to be a natural response, willingly giving to God, that when the offering plate comes by, <laughs> I, I, I miss my brother Perry Wingrove. That when we would announce the offering, I think he would almost get excited about the offering as much as all the other stuff because there's a joy in giving to God. There's a joy in honoring God. There's a joy in bringing to God what is His, but what He has allowed us to be managers over. Let me give you this last one. and This last one is this, that we need to give faithfully. Give faithfully. You know, to be faithful to something is to hold the course, whether the waters are good or the waters are bad, whether they're rough or whether they're calm. Not just giving in the moments when everything seems good, but faithfully giving because we know 
that he is faithful to his word. He says, cast your bread upon the waters. This past week on Monday, I met with Gabriel and uh, Gabriel Nicolo, and um, many of you know and remember. In fact, Gabe was supposed to be here this morning to share her story of trusting God. But unfortunately, on Friday, Gabe, along with her family, learned that the tumor has come back. So she was planning to be here today to tell her story. She's, again, at Children's Hospital, and, and uh, we were there, and, and uh, we've been, been there, and I, I, we were at the home on Monday, and this is a, a, a scripture that means much to her is because the Lord has, has just spoken to her heart that He's going to bring her to her harbor. And so a gift was taken to the hospital the first time. It was a Lego ship. And she put, built this Lego something to do, but she was given a, a boat because the, the, the theme of that was trusting God and no matter what waters you're in, that God is faithful, that He'll bring you through. And when I was there Monday, we were talking about her story and getting ready for her to come and share. And, and I asked her, I said, we're going to talk about stewardship. Do you know what that is? And she smiled real big. And she went and got this Lego ship that she had gotten in the hospital. She pointed to the Lego man and she said, this is Stuart and this is his ship. And we laughed. But even as we laughed, we recognized that even then, there was still no guarantee that the tumor was gone. We didn't know what waters were. We didn't know what was taking place. But faithful. The Bible says in verse 4 that the farmer who watches the clouds will never plant. And if he waits for the perfect time, he'll never reap a harvest. He's waiting for the circumstances to be just right. And in reality... He's waiting for it to be in control according to his ways. But sometimes when I'm trusting God, I want to say this to us today. The Bible says, or we know that we're to trust God with our life. Casting your bread on the water means something altogether different for this young girl. Because bread represents our livelihood. Life itself, what is Jesus referred to as? The bread of life. Cast your bread upon the water because you don't know what days of disaster are coming down the road. Cast your bread because you don't know what's going to be coming. Cast your bread on the waters that you have no control over and those waters represent the one who is in control of the winds and the waves. You hear me this morning? You cannot give your life to God without giving your heart to God. And you cannot give your heart to God without giving your treasures to God. You say, Jason, how can you jump from talking about giving your treasures or finances or resources to now laying your life before God? Because the Bible says where your treasure is, Jesus said that's where your heart is. You can't give God your life without giving God your heart, and you can't give God your heart without giving God your treasures. Her bread for Gabe, it's her life. Can't imagine what's going on in this young girl's heart and mind. But we started a week of prayer and fasting, not for this situation. But it just so happens we're starting today praying and fasting, and I'm believing in Jesus' name. Remember we talked about spiritual warfare? Oh, you better believe it. And if you're not feeling attacked, the only thing I've been feeling good about the last week or two is that, God, we must be on a good path because I've felt more attacked this past two weeks than i felt. The, the, the attacks just get stronger. You say, what are you going through, Jason? What is it? Oh, trust me. It, it, it's, it's nothing that my God can't handle, but I just want you to know we're going into places I've never been before. God, I've never faced this before. I've never had this circumstance, this thing before. And, and what I mean by that is more unknown. And I think a lot of that is not just what's just in me. We're in a culture right now where everything is unknown. 
We're in, a, we're, we're in a volatile place, in a volatile time. We're not going to find peace on November the 8th, on Tuesday at the election. I'm not afraid of what is going to bring. I'm just telling you, I'm casting my bread upon the water. Because I know he's going to take care of what belongs to him. I can't give him my life without giving him my heart, and I can't give him my heart without giving him my treasure. So I want to ask you today, does he have your life? Are you making room? Are you allowing him to be the owner of what you're managing? Are we making room for Jesus in our lives and to work in our circumstances? something else that took place it was I remember sharing this with you when we were on the ninth floor after Gabe was moved from the fifth fifth floor they took her when they found out what the tumor was they moved her to the ninth floor and that's the oncology floor and I remember this specific night I was always beside her in a chair but this particular time I was sitting on the couch with Mike and I remember Gabe calling me over and she said mom come here and as I came over to the bed she looked at me and she said these words this is supposed to be my health and my recovery. And she said, we have to make space for Jesus. And she looked up to the ceiling and she tapped the bed right next to her. And she said, this is your space <laughs> right your here. Space. And I remember scrambling. She closed her eyes and she went to sleep. And I remember scrambling for paper to link this down. And I'm like, God, you're intervening directly in her life. You're yeah. speaking to her directly. Yeah. She wouldn't have known to say these words. Do you remember saying that? Nope. She doesn't yeah. remember it at all. You don't remember saying that. I mean, I honestly thought that I was just having a sleep. sleep, Hallucinating or... No, no, just like, just sleeping. I never knew that I... You never knew it happened. I didn't know. So, um, sometimes I do question that, like, how, how were my eyes open when I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. You don't remember that, but what it was I that mean, you were saying maybe is that here's space for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can honestly, that's something that I would honestly do. I sometimes, when I talk to God, I, I look up at the ceiling just because I know wish I could say nothing will come that could shake us things will come to shake us but I have put my hope in the one who will cause me to not be shaken that I cast my bread upon the waters I put my life, my source, my substance everything that I am is built upon Jesus Christ Because there's a day when that is going to be tested. There's a day that it's going to seem difficult. But I'm trusting God with my life. And I want you to see the connection here. I cannot say I trust God with my life and I'm ready for those tough days if I'm not trusting God with the resources and honoring Him in the everyday. I got to say that again to you today. I cannot say that I'll be able to trust God with my life in the tough days if I'm not willing and able to trust God with my resources in the everydays. I've got to store up treasure above where moth and rust and thieves cannot destroy. Because my hope is in Jesus Christ.